0: Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Split Screen Media Podcast. This is episode 24. We are a uh, media news and reviews type podcast. We're we getting into our personal lives a little bit as well. Uh, with me, as always, my lovely, gorgeous, wonderful, immaculate co-host, Chris Blankenship. How you doing? Go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. This one of all the adjectives. And uh, for the, like, I don't even know, fourth time, maybe? <laughs> We've been had a you while on, though.
1: It's, it's been, been a, been a long
0: time, but we've had you on. You, we've had you on a lot of times, and they've always been amazing. The The fabulous Joey Burt. How are you doing tonight?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me back, guys. I've been very excited to come back. Uh, I missed it. I missed you, and I missed the lovely audience, uh, viewers, listeners out there. Christmas that was
2: the last time you were on, I think.
1: It's been a
0: while, four months, yeah. It was, the, it was the Christmas one, right? Where we did the Mandalorian mega review. The
1: Mandalorian review,
0: yeah. Yeah, that was super fun. I can't wait for season three so we can talk about it. Maybe we'll do that for like Bad Batch if we all get caught up for- Oh, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. But our first topic this week, uh, which I think has been the talk of a town amongst <laughs> the TikTokers and old people- <laughs> <laughs> Which usually don't go together. Uh, but I wanted to bring up the new Lil Nas X X song, uh, Montero, and the subsequent video that came out. I think the internet had a lot of feelings, both negative and positive, towards this video. And I'm curious, what, what do you guys think about this video? Like, did you like it, first of all? And then what do you think of kind of the the backlash surrounding it? Uh,
2: love the video. Um the backlash is not warranted, in my opinion. It's a fucking amazing video, and if you're upset over a gay black rapper making that video, then you can. I'll I'll stop it there.
1: <laughs> I uh, I really liked it too. Um, the song is great. Uh, I just listened to it you know 20 minutes ago for the first time, but I've heard all about it and just seen the you know reactions to it. Uh, I think it's like. It's honestly great that he made this. Um, I think it was intentional uh, in how he made the like design and thought of this um, to get the kind of reactions that we're getting. Um, maybe sort of exposing these people uh, and exposing what they think, you know but uh, I just I think it's awesome how he's actually you know intentionally done this uh, in a way um, not only to you know make a point but you know try to you know get these people uh, to say, Um, what's on their minds, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of a a fun retelling, I guess for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's sort of this interesting retelling of uh, like the Garden of Eden kind of thing with the snake tempting uh, Adam and Eve with the fucking tree. I don't know. It's been a while.
2: (laughs) Except except this time it's a (laughs) blowjob.
0: Same thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Fruit and blowjobs are very similar. Um, the, the video itself, I think the, the one thing that actually offends me about that video, um, is it's pretty terrible CGI, even for like music video standards. <laughs> <laughs> There's some stuff at the beginning, like some of the war, like Spy Kids 3d game over type green screen that like, is just unacceptable in 2021. Um, video itself is great though. I think Lil Nas X just puts out the hits like every time he knows yep. He's found that formula for, like, that mainstream pop, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, like his pop country fusion kind of thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. We should also let people know, I don't know if you guys know this, it's called Montero, that's his name. His name is yeah. uh, oh. Montero Lamar Hill. So it's, it's supposed to be, like, welcoming you into his mind, I guess, with this song. Like, his feelings about his uh, homosexuality, like, I guess... His feelings about how when he came out there's that whole scene at like it, where he's on trial i guess after that dude after the snake sucks him off there's, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole trial about it and then i i think that's just supposed to be like the public perception of his uh new identity all that i didn't
2: realize it he gets stoned to death i didn't realize it the first time i watched that they like someone throws a stone and that's how he dies
0: oh yeah that's right it kind of looked weird it looked like a can or something
2: yeah I think it was supposed to be like a stoning to death thing, maybe,
0: yeah, I think you're right. That's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. um yeah, I think people are probably most upset about the end of this, <laughs> yeah, everything
2: yeah. yeah, once he dies, and
0: then what happens? <laughs> so he dies and he's like he's ascending to heaven, basically, and then at the last second, he rides a giant stripper pole down to hell. <laughs> And he grinds on Satan, and then murders
1: him. <laughs> and then he takes the the crown, right? And then becomes Satan. Yeah,
2: he takes he takes the horns. Yeah,
1: becomes Satan. Yeah,
0: which that, I thought was fucking hilarious.
2: <laughs> I need someone to calculate how how tall that stripper pole was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he was pretty well, high up when he started going down. Yeah, take the circumference of the Earth. Okay. I'm not going to continue. <laughs> yeah, it's not a highway to hell. It's
2: a it's a stripper pull to hell.
1: I was
0: invested in that. Yes, yeah. I was like waiting for you to like come
1: up with some calculation. I was going to fuck it up, so I just stopped. Swallows ahead.
0: <laughs> he was like most of the way to heaven, and then he wrote it down. On I think a, that was yeah. the point he rejected it
2: because he puts his hand out and like it comes up to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I that think would make makes sense a, if heaven if heaven is described as like how catholics describe it then i think his whole point is like why would i want to be there
2: i think that was it i think i I don't have it up i think there was like a tweet or something that was like because so many people would tell him like oh you're going to hell or blah 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 and he's like honestly i'll make a party out of it or whatever so (laughs) it was kind of him like being like yeah i reject your your heaven whatever that is and
1: and yeah a lot of us have been raised with this concept of of hell you know and heaven and hell and it's when you start to grow up whether you continue to believe in that or not um you know if you do uh choose not to believe in that anymore then you kind of like expose the lie expose the concept of the lie and you're like yeah this doesn't make any sense so i think what he's done here is just like very much just like abstracted the idea is like what if you know satan was gay and what if i went and killed satan
0: (laughs) right yeah because because i mean no one really knows what happens when you die and that's the whole point so it's it's interesting to like poke holes in the uh, in the in the teachings of the Catholic Church, which I think is why the people who are so invested in that and people who have lived that their entire lives, when you when you do start poking holes in it or you throw shade at it or whatever you want to
1: call this, uh, you know, you get mad. <laughs> yeah, and you'll see them often double down. They'll just they're not going to you know change what they think. Obviously, um, they're probably just going to double down.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. So. I think uh yeah i i i I mean this outrage clearly isn't warranted i know we're all in agreement on that (laughs) i've seen way worse videos than this um
2: yeah i wanted to yeah like uh katie perry's like california girls that came out when we were like 12 or 13 or something and she had those whipped cream fucking things on her tits like shooting out whipped cream this is not the first sexual music video
0: i don't know what you're talking about i've never seen that video (laughs) <laughs> you've never you seen it that please oh i have oh okay. <laughs> I came out when i was 12 years old of course i saw it <laughs> no it's it's that same kind of uh thinking and it's not I, this to me doesn't feel shocking for the sake of being shocking it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's actively trying to upset people it feels like he had a vision for this video and he he saw through to that and I mean, people, I I think he knew people were going to be upset, but I don't think it was his intention to just be like, (laughs) fuck you, you know? Yeah, I think it was more
2: like he, like you said, he had that vision and it was like him getting this message out.
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly that, but it's also, um, he wanted to be a little controversial with this, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that was, I'm sure part of it was like knowing that this is going to upset people. And maybe that was, I mean, it it is fun to like make people who are that uptight, upset about things like just by its very nature. It's kind of uh, fun to do to, you know, make Twitter go crazy. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't think that was his sole intention or anything. I know there are a lot of artists that do that just for shock value. Um, They'll put out like the craziest thing. Like I'm thinking like early 2000s, Eminem uh, comes to mind with some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of his stuff, I'm thinking of that one with, uh, I can't think of what it's called, but it's like, it's it's re- the Rihanna one, and he's like, it's it's all about the uh, domestic abuse or whatever. Yeah, I um, love Washington. the way you Yeah, that's the one. And it's like him and Megan Fox, and he like beats her up and then like ties her up in the house and sets it on fire. I'm like, that's way crazier than this video where like <laughs> a snake man kisses another
1: guy. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of like
1: real issues and real, you know, problems that we're facing versus, you know, one's based in faith or, you know, one's based in idea and idea.
0: Yeah, that that's that seems to be the other thing, too, is like, every I think everyone nowadays feels like every piece of media that comes out has to be made for them. And that's not the case at all. Like, there's so much stuff out there that if you don't enjoy this, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to give him money for his songs. You don't have to like participate in anything that he's doing. It just seems weird to be like, oh, this one pe- this one thing, I don't it makes me feel ew. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just it's yeah. such a weird mentality to have.
2: I have a question for you guys. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Is the bulge real or fake?
0: <laughs> I you know what? I was thinking about that as I was watching it. I I mean it's him as the snake, right? He's in so many prosthetics, I couldn't really tell. He's every actor and actress in this video. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I thought. The snake looked totally different from him. Like, it looked like a different guy. Um, I think it was still him. Yeah, I, th- that, I mean, in context of the rest of the video, I guess that would make sense. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he probably could have found, I mean, he's a handsome guy. He probably could have found somebody else to be like, all right, you're going to lay down and then he's going to lick the bulge. <laughs> I meant when he was on the
2: stripper pole, and it's in your face.
0: Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant when the snake goes down on him.
2: Oh, I didn't even notice that.
0: Yeah, there's like because he licks his dick. It's like over the pants. Or I thought it was. The... I thought it was his abs.
1: Oh, he I don't know, dude. Big... I, I think it's the abs. I, I'm just watching it now. He goes pretty low. I thought it was his. Maybe stomach. it's like in
2: between. Let me look at that. I don't know.
1: Them. I thought
0: that was what they were implying was that he like he's licking his dick through his pants.
1: Okay, I see the bulge talking about Chris. I found it.
0: Oh yeah.
2: That <laughs> one's
1: No, I mean, that's
0: like... that's his abs
2: that they okay. t- the snake licks.
0: All right, I'll have to watch it again. Maybe I wasn't I don't know. The, the I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he like shoved a sock in there or something for the stripper pole.
2: <laughs> you've got me. Now you've got me watching this on repeat.
0: i think i think it's part of the csi or something where's the dick
1: circle Um. like 50 times
0: (laughs) like a john madden instant replay i'm just i don't think i don't think there's anything it's i mean it's like you know fluffers or whatever like they have that for um. Well, porn, but also for like regular, like if some guy is gonna show dick in a movie, like he usually like kind of works it up a little bit, so it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if there was something like that here, or like something in his pants to make the bulge look bigger. But you know, I don't know him. Who knows? <laughs> I think that about covers that. <laughs> Good discussion. <laughs> My brother said something really funny about this video. We, um, we were listening to the song on Spotify and for anyone who has Spotify, maybe it's Apple music too, but they have these uh, um, like little gifs that appear as this, like like a looped gif that appears as the song is playing on your phone. And what it showed was that that moment in the video where he's going down the stripper pole uh, down to hell. And he was looking at that as we we're listening to the song and he's like, he said, that's a really long fireman's pole that he's going down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, no. it sure is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's so innocent. So innocent. Yeah. No. yeah
0: he's, he's just at that age where he's going to start, you know. I was going to say, awful. give it like six months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Give, yeah, give it some time.
0: Yeah, he'll know everything, but it's nice to keep some parts. Like, I just thought that was super cute. I was like, oh, that's, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in terms of the actual song, I think it's, you know, on par with the rest of his stuff. Joey, you were mentioning you really like uh Holiday. Yeah, and Old Town Red. And Old Town Red. Every
1: single remix of it.
0: Yeah, Panini's great. Rodeo's great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's been putting out, you know, like I said, like a string of hits every song he does yep good on him i i also like that he clearly um felt more comfortable after coming out to everybody to do all of this like i feel like his outfits and like how crazy he got with his videos got so much more elaborate after he came out yeah Um, you know he's doing all these i don't know if you saw the holiday video but he's dressed up as like like big gay santa claus (laughs) 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 and i'm like good for you man you know like do whatever, uh, do whatever makes you happy.
2: Oh, the he is getting sued by Nike.
0: Oh yeah, his, you want to talk shoes. about those shoes?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's shoes associated with this music video that he's released. Um, hmm. he's releasing 666 of them, or I don't know if that's on hold now or not. Um, but they're some version of the Nike Air Maxes, and then he converted it with like a pentagram, and it's like red and black and all this stuff. But he didn't take the swoosh off, and Nike was none too happy about that because a lot of the backlash from the video uh like those same people are saying, "Oh, we're gonna boycott Nike now, yeah, uh, so Nike's suing him
1: <laughs> yeah um also it's it's interesting He said he put a small drop of blood like human blood hmm. in each pair what the Yeah, heck? he did I, I
0: don't know if it's like they did I don't think they specify if it's his or not, I think it's just like blood like random blood it's like a like a diabetic
2: prick and then he smears it on the shoe they just yeah. do that 600 times <laughs> he's like all
0: right 665 more to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i love the guy this is a hundred percent on him i don't care if he makes satan shoes or whatever like that's that's your prerogative but like don't keep the swoosh on if nike didn't sponsor you like that's just that was that's on him
2: yeah, that's I take I take Nike's side on this. Um, you gotta remove the swoosh or get it approved. That's that's what you gotta do.
0: We should say this up front. We do not approve of everything Nike does. I don't wanna
2: <laughs> No, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I'm taking Nike's side for once. Yeah. You should boycott them for other reasons. This is this is not a reason to boycott them. This is
0: so low on the list, it does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joey, what do you think?
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, I will not shed a tear over uh, over Nike, but uh, yeah, it's just like I can't really blame Nike for this.
0: No, not at all. You know what this reminds me of is that uh that Soldier Boy thing when he came out with his own console. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. No. So so basically, what happened? He. He was like, I'm going to make this thing. It's called the Soldier Boy console, and it's going to play a bunch of different games from all these different systems. And you'll be able to, you know, hook it up to your TV and it'll just work- like a plug and play. It uh, comes preloaded. Uh, comes preloaded with a bunch of stuff. The pro- huh. It's basically just an emulator. <laughs> oh, so- <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just- that sounds awesome.
0: It's just a box with emulated games. So obviously it got shut down immediately. But yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny.
1: Soulja Boy's playing RuneScape now. Old school RuneScape. Doesn't he stream it? I think he does, yeah.
2: Wow. What a sentence.
1: <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> just so funny. Like, I don't know why. You never expect, you know, him and that game to overlap, but they do.
0: Have you guys seen him? He used to have a YouTube channel. I don't know if he still does anything with it, but he like reviewed video games.
1: Yeah, I saw bit. the one with um the uh, the 2D uh, side scroller. I forgot what it's called. Raid, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Bra- that Braid review is the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the The best part, too, was that the creator uh, got on YouTube and cried about it, basically. Like, he was like, oh, people are giving my game a 10 out of 10, but do they really get it? And it's just, it's the most pretentious interview I've ever seen. Like, he's, like, clearly the guy who made this game is a huge piece of shit. But somebody, <laughs> somebody slowed down that footage, and then they they, like, uh, put it to 50% opacity, and then they put the Soldier Boy video behind him of him <laughs> reviewing it. <laughs> uh, if you no, guys man, haven't seen that. it, you know what? I'm going to throw that in the description below that video, because it's one of the best things on YouTube. Go watch it. It's hilarious. <laughs> but this just, this reminded me of that entirely. I'm like, Nas, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> I think...
2: He's not even on the suit. I think it's the company that is making these shoes.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if he had no creative say in this, then that's definitely not on him. But I, I imagine that, you know, when you're making Satan shoes, that doesn't just come from the marketing <laughs> team. <laughs> I, I want, do you guys know what the
2: price was of them? Or if they've even had a they price? Were,
0: they were over $1,000, I think.
1: Jeez.
2: I feel like I want to say that's it. I feel like sneakers can get like like really expensive.
1: So on this article, I'm I'm looking at for this. Uh, there's just a link to uh, one of his tweets where he's just saying uh, me after the Nike lawsuit, and it's Squidward from SpongeBob, like in the cardboard box with a little cup, like trying to get money. He <laughs> <laughs> actually tweeted that out. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's great.
2: Oh, it's $1,018. Does
0: that signify something? Um, maybe. It, I, th- I feel like it has to. That's a weird price point to just have, you know? Oh? Yeah.
2: If you type in 1018 meaning, the first one comes up Satan. Luke 1018.
0: Oh, mm. okay. It's a scripture. verse. Oh, that's interesting. It's biblical.
2: Uh, he replied,
0: I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Interesting. It sounds like an excuse to sell your shoes for a lot of money. <laughs>
1: that's what I was gonna say. It could have gone up another couple thousand. What's
2: so the what's what's the what's the book with the most chapters and the most verses? Yeah, I
1: was about to say the like, like verse that's like thirty,
0: twenty-seven. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, but keep doing you, bud. Don't let uh, all the crazy people get you down or Make you feel like you can't produce the art that you want to. Uh, you're making good shit, so keep on, keep on keeping on, dude.
2: I like the fact that he listens to our podcast.
0: Yeah, I would... I <laughs> you guys really should advertise that more.
2: You know what? He's. I, I feel like we could tweet him on Twitter and he would retweet it.
0: Do you think we could actually... <laughs> like, when we put this on Twitter, should we like tag him in it?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll tag him in it. Okay. <laughs> Send it in
1: the DMs too. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, that's great. All right, well, speaking of uh, videos and things with scary monsters and demons and Satan shit, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I think we're all pretty familiar with here, uh, D&D. And I, two things. There's, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of either of these. I know Chris and I talked about it a little bit, but there is a DD and d movie coming out, a live-action one. And then there's a new D&D game called afterlife i think dnd afterlife i just looked it up and now i forgot <laughs> we're very professional here but the uh the cast list came out for the movie and and there's a, a brief pro, uh, plot summary that also came out and i wanted to get your guys' opinion on it so it looks like the movie is going to be it's chris pine uh michelle rodriguez hugh grant and justice smith who was in Jurassic world fallen kingdom and detective Pikachu. I don't know if you guys saw either of those. Um, he's like the, the main character or a side character in Jurassic park, main character in detective Pikachu. Um, but it looks like the movie is going to be kind of what we were hoping for, which is that it will be people just around a table playing D and D and then kind of like drunk history. It's going to cut to what's actually happening in the game. um, so, and that's pretty much exactly what I wanted from this. I didn't want it to take itself too seriously, you know?
2: Yeah. It's like a good cast. I think we might've talked about this before on the podcast. We um,
0: mentioned it super briefly, um, but I think yeah. that's before like any of the cast lists had come out.
2: The last, I, I think Chris, Chris Pine was announced a while ago and then John Francis Daly is the director and it's supposed to come out in 2022. Unless something else has been updated.
0: No, I think that's that's the most current information. Um but now kind of diving into that world a little bit, having played it with you guys um for a couple of years now, uh, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited to see what they do with this movie. But um I was I was curious like your guys' thoughts on like if if what I hope happens is what you guys hope happens, if it's more of like a Phil Lord Chris Miller comedy, or do you want it to be taken a little bit more seriously?
1: So I love uh, the summary that you put out earlier, uh, the Drunk History-esque idea of it. I think that sounds awesome. um, Because uh, I'll refer to, um, I forget his name, he uh, made Community, uh, Dan Harmon. Um, He has a uh, D&D, like, kind of animated miniseries, um, kind of a la what we're talking about here. And uh, it's hilarious. So, like, I love that style. I think it's great. And, um, like, honestly, if you want a serious D&D movie, like, I think there's other ways to get that fix like you know there's other movies that kind of do that for you so yeah i don't think that would really succeed that well either
0: yeah because if you took it seriously i feel like it would just be the most generic medieval movie you could possibly make you know like if yeah. you do, if you do something like you were talking about we're in the middle of it like they're fighting someone and then like one of the characters is like oh hang on i gotta go get some chips or something like you know like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It just pauses the action. Like I think that would be really funny. Yeah, I have
2: I have one piece of media in mind about D and D that did it really well, but I'm gonna save it for when we talk about the video game because it's from a video game. But yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. I think the drunk history, history analogy. I hope that's what they go for. Um, I had another thought, but it left me so. <laughs>
0: Well, the, the say, um, thing I think is apt, Joey. Like, I think that's, that's pretty, like, live-action version of that is pretty much exactly what I want.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, um, for a more serious uh, t- source of media, for um, things related to D&D, uh, video games are a much better avenue for that because you have um, games like Divinity, uh, Original Sin 2, um, Baldur's Gate 3, um, any of the Baldur's Gates, honestly. But Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out, like, this year, I think. Um, it's in, like, early access right now. Um, in addition to this one you're talking about that I've never heard of, but um, it's it's just amazing how the popularity of you know this has blown up over the past few years.
0: Yeah, it's great, and I think right now with websites like <clears throat> that we use, like websites like Roll Twenty, I think it's the perfect quarantine activity. Like it really is kind of something that you can play with your buddies and, and have a really good time, but you can still do it from a safe distance.
2: Do you guys remember? uh the black mirror i think it was black mirror movie where you could choose like different like you could interact with the movie yeah yeah. you guys think if they did that with like this like you could roll the dice or something
0: yeah i think that would be that you know movie theaters used to do that sometimes with uh with movies i remember like when i was a kid they would have maybe this isn't exactly the same thing but they did shit where like um, people could vote beforehand and stuff would change, or they gave you like scratch and sniff stuff. Like you go to Seven Eleven, you pick up the scratch and sniff thing for the Simpsons movie. And then that would be kind of an interactive part of the movie. Like it'd be like, Oh, scratch this one now. And then it would smell like butts. Um, and that's, <laughs> and that would be like the whole thing. So I, I hope that, you know, they may add some kind of interactivity or they do like the Yu-Gi-Oh movie thing where that gave you Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Maybe when you see this, you get like a set of dice or something. That'd be, cool. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool.
2: I think by the time this comes out, we should be like back in the theaters. So I think that would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It was 2022, right? That's the, just some yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we should probably be maybe, you know, mask on or whatever, but we should be fine to go into a theater. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And then this game looks interesting too, because I don't know if it's the exact game that people want for D and D, um because it's kind of like a third person action game and it's it's a little you know di- like it's kind of a looter shooter sort of thing dungeon crawly but i was wondering if people were going to be upset by how this game looks because it kind of feels maybe a little generic in terms of the gameplay i know a lot of people for that dnd experience prefer the top down uh camera angle but if this game has co-op i think it looks pretty cool
2: is it a first person
0: it's third person. So it's going to be like person. over the over the shoulder. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen much about it. Um I think it might be one of those ones I wait for the reviews and see how 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 people feel about it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's it, it definitely I think it, like the starting price was 40 bucks, which usually means like <laughs> it's not a
1: full game. <laughs> Do you know who's making it?
0: Um, it's, I know uh, Wizards of the Coast, like their game division is actually making it. So it's it's like an <laughs> official branded uh, thing. I don't know the, the publisher, though. I can look that up real quick. Let me see here. But yeah, anything set in that universe, now that I'm kind of getting more into it, I definitely. So I was calling it something else. It's called D&D Dark Alliance. Um. Hmm. And it's 2Q two, two games, T-U-Q-U-E. And then the publisher is Wizards of the Coast. Okay. So yeah, looks pretty fun. Um, but I guess with that, I was hoping maybe we could talk about, for anyone who's looking to de- get into D&D, but maybe... Before oh, you
2: up? go on, can I just mention, um, I was going to say the, there was a... Uh, DLC for Borderlands 2, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. I don't know if you guys have played it, but yeah, it's I did. it's in the style of D and D. So the narration is like them playing, and I think there was something about like like I don't know, Roland spills his cup or something. I guess like actually, I think Roland's dead at that point. <laughs> actually, it was kind of it was kind of cool because Tiny Spoiler Tina brought Borderlands him. Too. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it came A out eight years game. ago. <laughs> um, she brings Roland back in that that universe because he's dead and she misses him and things like that. But it, it, it's pretty pretty good and pretty well done with, you know, I think the Tiny Tina's a DM and she changes things on things on the fly and you hear it through the narration and yeah. And that has like the comedy style from Borderlands. I think that was like one of the best best uh done D D things
0: yeah that was a lot of fun i haven't played that in years it's been a long time since i touched that dlc but i kind of <laughs> forgot about it but uh
1: dlc at all
0: i think i i don't think i could ever finished it but i definitely like messed around with it that was kind of when i was like phasing out of borderlands too because you and i joe you and i used to play that game all the time
1: it was such a good game man so good
0: it was because you were really good at it, and I was bad. So you would <laughs> you would like go in and beat the last boss, and then I would just pick up all the shit. <laughs> I remember
1: um, the one it was like a giant like crab or something, right? I, I forget. That was yeah,
2: that was Portland's one. No, it was like, was no, it was like yeah.
0: a poor thing maybe.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh.
0: I don't know. It was like this arena thing that you would like, you would drop into, and it was you, me, and Lawrence, and you two would yep. shoot it for like two seconds, and it would just die. Just die. Yeah. Loot would drop out. Loot pinata, Terramorphous. That's what. Yeah, it was. That's,
1: it. that's exactly yep. what. It was. Okay. Yep.
2: There's a crab raid boss type thing in Borderlands One.
1: Yeah, I remember doing both of those um, yeah. pretty heavily. So,
0: <laughs> I bought Borderlands Three a couple months ago probably like a year ago at this point, And I played it for 20 minutes and I didn't touch it again. Cause I it's that Man. game isn't fun when you don't have anyone to play with. Connor, I'll <laughs> yeah. play with
1: you. <laughs> I'll play with you too,
0: dude. I have it on
1: PC, but I can buy it again.
0: All right. Yeah. I would love I would love that if we like uh if we we're able to get a thing. Once I get a better computer, I think that'll make it easier for all of us to play games. Cause I know that's yeah. kind of that's kind of where I know everybody's sort of upgrading and trying to get the best thing. So
2: Borderlands also has had some crazy deals lately but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> talking about something much cooler, D&D. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess for anybody, like I was kind of skeptical when I started playing, God, I don't know, like six years ago at this point. Um, you know, you, I, I think there's there's a lot of stigmas and there's, there's a preconception about what D&D is, which is that you dress up as a wizard or a knight and you're like, oh, well, the daughter, blah, blah. And you know, like you have to like do all of this. And it's really not that at all. It's just like, a normal tabletop game where you can just have fun and like kind of pretend for a couple hours. Um, so I, I, it, I, I don't know if you guys were ever bothered by that, but looking back now, I'm like, man, the the media, like everything except for that community episode, really is not how D is played at all. In terms of like, yeah, how I, think, it's
1: I think yeah, you had the nail on the head there. Uh, the community episode is like, it's it's like, it's warm-hearted in a sense. But it's, it's got, like, you know, the on-the-fly, like, um, you know, impulsive, uh, just, you know, coming up with random stuff type of DM style. And then just seeing how people react to it. And you see, like, you know, people uh, that, you know, the character is not really, like, interested in it first. They're just kind of, like, along for the ride. And then they all just, like, slowly get into it. So it's like, you know, once you get the first hit, you're hooked
0: on it. Absolutely. And it, it for me, it took a while. Um It Like, for the first couple years of playing it, I really wasn't a huge fan. Um, Like, I would kind of get into it a little bit, and, like, there'd be some fun moments here and there, but, like, I wasn't really. And then it was the past one, actually, that you DM'd, Joey, probably, like, a quarter of the way through that one, it just clicked. Like, something changed for me, and I don't really know what it was, but I just immediately started getting so much more into it. And Every uh,
1: player is going to be different, um, no matter what. Uh, You'll have, you know, the kind of fly-on-the-wall player, that just like likes to participate in combat, doesn't really want to role play that much. Um, you'll have like the face of the party that wants to talk to everybody, um, and role play like all the time. Everyone's different. Everyone has like a different like experience and enjoyment out of it. Or you might just not like it at all.
0: Yeah, that's true, and I think that's important. Like when you're playing, and I've never actually DM'd one. I'd like to at some point, but I, I think part of that, which you did so expertly, if I if I. Do say so myself. Oh,
1: oh thank you, sir. Thank uh, you.
0: Which was finding what everybody liked and then tailoring the game to their play style, um, and that's really important in a DM because I think, like you said, different people like different things. I, I very much like the combat, but recently we've been doing a Star Wars one, and I've been really into the role playing stuff because I like that universe more than knights and swords and you know medieval shit. So it's been a lot more fun.
1: Yeah, that's really come through. I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's. I think it's when you have a universe that you're really into. So I would recommend that for people too. Like if you're like, oh, I hate magic and dragons and shit. Um, go online and look up and see if there's uh like something that you like in the D and D universe because odds are someone's created it. Like if you can think of it, it's out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, or just general role playing game.
0: Yeah, that's true too because there are other official. There's a superhero D and D one that's like actually put out by. Wizards of the Coast, which I would like to do at some point as well. But, um, you know, there's tons of stuff out there. How do you guys, do you guys like the um, the Star Wars setting for DD? Cause I think it's great, but I was curious to hear what, if you guys like it more or less than the more traditional setting that we have done in the past.
2: I think for me, cause I'm not like super knowledgeable about Star Wars, it's harder to role play sometimes. Um, but generally, like with the story, you can pick up a lot. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, you can obviously do combat and there's never really a problem with that as long as you know, like the rules and stuff like that. Um, but like what you said about, like, uh, as a DM tailoring the game to what every, like every player likes and making sure that like that happens, keeps players interested. And I think the star Wars one's pretty good, but, um, I don't know, maybe the night one nights and fantasy and dragons and all that stuff for me is a little bit easier to, like get into and and get the story because it's like everybody knows that stuff yeah that might be a a good beginner uh, one if somebody's looking to get into it
1: yeah for sure um i haven't really like made up my mind yet about if i'm like over uh more like into this module this type of uh star wars 5e or regular 5e um obviously the setting is like way better i think (laughs) um and i'm like i'm more like you connor where i like I, um, I get more invested in role play as a um, in the Star Wars universe than versus fantasy or medieval. Um, but I just need to play more and figure out which one I like more.
0: Yeah, no and that's fair and we should make it clear that like if you don't feel like doing that, you can just be you as a character in the game. you don't have to like, do an accent. I think that's a big misconception, too, that you have to be like, oh, hello, like do a Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire voice or something <laughs> like you can you can just talk normally. Like in the one we're playing now, I'm a clone trooper. Um, obviously, all the clone troopers have Australian accents. I can't do an Australian accent for like five hours. I don't know yeah. how to do that. So I just I just talk as myself. But like in the the lore, the canon or whatever, like they're hearing it as how a clone trooper would sound. Um, and that's
1: that's really good advice because a lot of people will be led astray from ever RPing or role playing at all um, because they can't do the voice. And you know, unless it comes naturally to you, uh, my suggestion is don't do it. I've tried to force it for a lot of characters. It doesn't really work for me, so I'm just kind of reverting back to using my normal voice.
2: I say yeah, all and- my characters have sounded exactly like me <laughs> when <laughs> I made say- them. Their voice was supposed to sound exactly like mine. <laughs>
0: When I was getting, when I was like being really silly with it, I made uh, the last character sound kind of rednecky for a little bit, and then we were getting more into the story. I'm like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is way too hard. Um, but yeah, I I a hundred like a hundred and ten percent like the Star Wars one uh, more, just because I like that uh, that universe more. But I definitely there is kind of an appeal. I agree with you, Chris, with the uh, you know because every like you can pick up and play the medieval stuff so much easier you don't have to have like i don't have to watch eight movies and 20 tv shows to understand that i can cast a spell you know what i mean so i can get the appeal of that as well
2: there's also like one-offs like like one-time campaigns that people can do if they're like trying to get into it yeah I'm, and i'm also sure there's probably websites out there that can pair you up with a dnB group if you like don't like know anybody that plays D, you know in your friend group or whatever mm-hmm. i'm sure there's like random communities you can find on the internet
0: yeah for sure and it's nice I, it is actually enjoyable being in this community now and and really having a good time with it because i was at a comic book shop recently and it was one of the ones that sold like it's not just comic books it sells magic cards and it has the D figures and like warhammer stuff uh the, you know there was all that and this guy went up to the counter um to ask about D and he was like hey like what what, what's a good starter set and the guy was like i don't really play dnd i don't know and i was like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> if i could butt in for a moment but i like showed him the thing, i was like this is a really good one like not that i'm that knowledgeable or anything but i know enough to like get by in a conversation and i was like yeah this would be a good one you know you should definitely get this kind of thing and and if you're playing with this many people then uh you know, whoever's going to dm like it was a fun conversation it's nice being a part of that community because generally people who play dnd are super nice about it
2: i'm more shocked the that the like a like the store guy didn't know right to rec- recommend to his customer i don't i don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like this store is three square feet there's like 12 things in here one of them you don't know anything about.
1: like <laughs>
0: I don't know. I thought it was funny. That was also the comic book shop that has you put 25 cents in a machine and it spits out three random Pokemon cards, which is so cool. I could I could have spent like easily a hundred dollars there just quarter (laughs) after quarter.
2: Yeah, you probably don't get like no Charizards or anything, but
0: no, there was there were a couple holographics. Most of it was garbage, but like there was a chance that you could get a foil that was pretty nice. Yeah. This is probably
1: the nerdiest episode we've ever done. I love it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've infected you guys. This is all my fault.
0: Well, I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing one Star Wars one now, but I don't want to do. I want to do it with you guys, but I don't want to do it over Zoom. I want to wait till we're all together so that I can uh, make it a little more theatrical, I guess. But oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of shit I have planned out for like hanging up posters and. Uh, creating a map and doing that kind of stuff. So should be fun. But yeah, on that note, Chris, what uh what time are we looking at here?
2: Uh got about 18
0: minutes. 18 minutes. Left. Left. Joey, you wanna uh jump into your mystery topic?
1: Absolutely. I would love to. Uh so there was a good segue like oh man, 20 minutes ago, but um <laughs> I forgot what we we're talking about then, but um Basically, um, I'll shoot this article your guys' way. Um, you don't have to read it. Um, I could just kind of summarize it and, you know, talk about uh, talk about the general idea of it. Okay. Um, so, my favorite topic of uh, video games, continuing the nerdy theme of the episode. Um, so, uh, in March, uh, early March this year, um, Epic Games, who created uh, Fortnite, Um, is looking to buy the developers of Fall Guys. Um, I'm not sure if you guys covered this news already or not, but this is just what the article is saying. We did. Um, Yeah, so they're just going on about how, um, uh, you know, both of these companies are kind of, you know, um, Fortnite's relatively uh, big, right? Probably one of the biggest games out there right now. But Epic Games is, you know, a fairly large company, but um, Tonic Games Group, which is the uh, maker of uh, Fall Guys, is relatively small. So this is um one of many in a trend of how the industry itself is consolidating. Um, you have the big fish, eat up the little fish. Um, further on in here, it states how Microsoft is going off to buy ZeniMax, uh, parent company of Bethesda, uh, you know, maker of one of the more, you know, very, very popular RPGs, Skyrim bought, uh, 3 and 4, um, all those games. So my question for you guys, um, just to kind of Make this a little bit more interesting, um, is this consolidation of you know this trend of large companies eating up these independent developers is this a good thing for the industry or is this a bad thing and I'll let you guys answer first, and then I'll give you my thoughts
0: okay, well, first of all, I love this question um, That is this is an amazing question. I love this topic I thought you would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because I could talk about this forever. Obviously, I won't. I'm gonna let I want everyone to share everything. Uh but yeah, I it's so it's so interesting because this is a trend, like you said, not just with a couple companies, but it's everybody in gaming right now. It's just buying things up. I was um, I would say
2: it's even beyond gaming, like big tech and a bunch of other industries too, movies and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Studios just sort of consolidating and buying each other. Um the biggest, I don't want to say offender, but I will say offender, uh, is Microsoft right now, um, and that's mostly just because they don't have, they had no first-party support on the Xbox One. Like, the 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 first-party games for the Xbox One were pretty abysmal, um, so they bought up a ton of studios. You were mentioning Double Fine, so Psychonauts is going to be um, an Xbox ex- exclusive, and then everything that Bethesda puts out is going to be the same way, Um but to answer your question, I think, I think it's 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 very it very much depends on who is buying who. Um, for the Xbox thing and Bethesda, I think that is a great idea. Um, Bethesda is struggling right now, <laughs> very much so. Um, everyone knows that their games are, I mean, they're fun, but they're kind of garbage in terms of how they're made. Like the creation engine is so fucking old, and they insist on using it for every single game, and they're always glitchy and buggy and a mess at launch. And Microsoft is going to rework that entirely. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting to see how much better those games get. Uh, but then on the other hand, you have studios like Sony, where I think it might not be the best, because there are these studios that have put out great games, like Insomniac or Guerrilla Games, and they buy those up and then limit the creativity. Um, yeah. One of the biggest things I can think of is Sony buying uh, Insomniac and then releasing Spider-Man Miles Morales and then changing Peter Parker's face to match what happened with the Marvel's Avengers game, like to be more in tune with the rest of their brand, which is ironic because they're so out of tune with what the customers want. So in yeah. that instance, it's like, it, it makes me very angry and I won't get into that again, but oh man, I could talk about this for days, but Chris, how do you, how do you feel about it?
2: I think kind of, I'm going to mimic what you said because, you know, when you have, like, it's it's big company versus small company feel. You know, if you have the big company backing you or, or behind you, you can get a lot of money done to, you know, expand your budget, uh, make, a, make a more polished game, pay more developers, what have you. But at the same time, you might get those big corporation exec decisions, like you said, changing Peter Parker's face and things like that. So, you know, I mean, the people... Like, there's a deal going on. Like, both parties are agreeing to this. So, you know, I guess it's a small company and a big company coming together and to make a decision. So, I don't know. I, I would hope that, you know, the the bigger company that's swallowing up the smaller company allows them to have the freedom. But that doesn't always happen.
0: That's always my dream is that you buy this company who's already making amazing things. You up their budget tenfold. And then say make what you want say we're we're not here you know but that really rarely ever happens
2: it would work i, I mean if it works when they're a small company giving them i mean it, i would assume it would work giving them a bigger production to you know make a good sequel to a game or you know continue a franchise or whatever and staying true because whatever if, if they were producing good games they know what the fans want right If you give them more money to make what the fans want, the fans will buy more. If you make a decision that goes against that, they're not going to buy more. So you're going to pump all this money in for nothing. And then you wonder, like, I guess it must
0: just be the fans. (laughs) Like, no, you're the ones who made a decision. That's the best part to me is like the whole what's going on. Like the the lack (laughs) of understanding is
1: unbelievable when it comes to these billion dollar companies. Um, But Joey, what do you what do you think about it? So on that, what we were just talking about, um, I think there are two kinds of ways of looking at this. Um, so in one case, you have um, you have like the amount of time, work and like blood sweat and tears that goes into making a, a, a video game, or like really any project I can just equate this, um, generalize this a little bit. Um, throwing more money and more people on it, like mid-development, is not always going to be a good thing. In fact, it will often slow it down. <laughs> And it will, you know, be counterintuitive, uh, counterproductive rather, um, to your result that you want. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if you buy up um, this this small indie company that has like maybe a dozen employees and you say, I want more of this game and I want it faster. um, Here's, you know, X budget. Here's a blank check, basically. Um, You hire like a whole bunch of new team members. um, You, you know, get to work on the engine, get to work on... um, you know, storyboarding and design, wireframing, all that stuff. Um, and you may end up with a rush product at the end of it, just because you have a deadline you have to meet. So just because you're adding more stuff on top of it does not mean it's going to make it better. Uh, conversely, because you have, you know, large uh, Microsoft, Ubisoft, EA out there, um, they're able to spit out these games very fast. So you have these AAA titles that are very formulaic um, and very homogenous, uh, you know, any of the Assassin's Creed's, for example, um, they make them, God, like, I think one a year. And you know what you're playing, right? It's very homogenous. But, you know, it's not all that innovative, really. It's not really adding anything new. Um, but, you know, these are money printing machines because, you know, the investment in the technology to make these games is not very high because um, you have the engine work down, right?
0: Yeah, you have all the assets there already, so you can just Put it in a pirate theme game, <laughs> and then yeah. you're good to go, or whatever yeah. the you know whatever the new Assassin's Creed game is. Um, so
1: circling back a little bit, um, looking at you know the negatives and the uh, kind of benefits here, um, I do think it's kind of a bad thing more that more often than good. Um, we're hindering creativity, you know, in development by buying you know these smaller any developers. Um, you're homogenizing the final product in order to make more money and spit out. Something that's not as quality, um, but you also have examples like, like EA, and I don't want to you know let this go, but this has been boiling under the surface for years and years now. Like <laughs> Pandemic Studios, in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I knew you were gonna. When say EA it. bought Pandemic Studios, <laughs> the maker of the original Battlefront one, two, uh, Mercenaries one and two, some of my favorite games growing up, Destroy All Humans, all these great games. And then they laid off, like, over 200 people in the studio and then basically shut it down. So, like, sometimes they just want to buy up these companies because they like either the technology that they're putting out um, or they like the brands. But in that situation, like, what did EA gain out of it? They just literally axed this entire company for no reason.
0: They axed the entire company and then just started making the same games that everyone hates that Ubisoft makes. It's the conveyor belt shit that nobody likes. Yep. Um. I mean, there's no bigger offender of what you're talking about than the mouse. I mean, Disney buys everything and ruins <laughs> ruins it all, <laughs> <laughs> which they were part of that, you know, the EA acquisition. I mean, it was, you know, they sold the rights to EA to make new Battlefront games, which are pretty shitty. And, the, you know, the, the best, the best, I use air quotes, game that they made is Jedi Fallen Order, which is kind of fun but it's an unfinished broken mess and that's what you get with you know these conveyor belt games
1: yep.
2: Joey I will say your point about like putting out production like they want to put out a new Assassin's Creed every single year or whatever when you create like things that fast like of course it's going to be a rush job and it's going to suffer and the consumers are going to feel it consumers have patience they will wait for a good game They'll be like, yeah, that took like an extra year, but like they would rather, like if you look at Cyberpunk, which is not like, you know, a consolidated company or anything like that, but like, I'm sure if they would have like waited and made it better than releasing what they did, consumers would have had a better, I mean, obviously (laughs) they release garbage, but they would have a better, (laughs) like they would enjoy the product more. They would more, they would recommend it more and they would be more happy with it rather than just rushing it and making some money and you know but
1: and look at the events leading up you know um Witcher 3 was a massive commercial success and they had all these eyes on them like oh man this is such a built up like hyped up game and it's been in development for like eight years but really it was only in development for like five years and then like it just came out an unfinished mess because you know it was rushed and they just wanted the game out there
0: yeah it reminds me of the uh it's the Marvel movie thing that happens now where we we will never have good CGI in a Marvel movie again because they're making four of them every year and there's three TV shows that come out every year. You're never going to have good CGI in a Marvel thing again. And there's a reason why Iron Man 1 looks better than Infinity War and it looks more realistic because they spent three years on Iron Man 1 and they spent a little under a year on Infinity War. So, like, I always say this, and Chris, I totally agree with you about time. Whatever your interest is, whatever flavor you're into, your cup runneth the fuck over. Like, there is so much media for you to enjoy right now. Stop. Let's just take a break. We can enjoy what's out there, and we can wait for more quality stuff. Because I'm not gonna play and I'm never gonna play an Assassin's Creed game ever again. I never will. I have no interest. But... If you were, if they were like, "Hey, we're taking a break and we're going to make a new one, and there's not going to come out for three years, and it's going to be a whole reinvention of the Assassin's Creed game," I might be more interested. You got my interests.
1: You've got my interests. Yeah, I,
2: I, I, feel like also you can build some hype with. Again, you got to deliver on the hype,
0: but you can build some hype if you wait as well. Like you
2: Absolutely.
1: said, again, yeah.
0: I'm just so I'm so done with people not finishing their games anymore like that everything's just a live service and it's like oh well in two years it'll be done I'm like then release it in two years I can wait there's so much other stuff I can be doing right now I don't need your game when it's a shitty broken mess and that's exactly how I feel about cyberpunk like you hit the nail on the head yeah so I mean and again I, I I would agree with you guys. Most of the game acquisitions are probably not ideal. The Bethesda one is really the only one I can think. We're like, all right, these games are broken and shitty. Let's let's revamp
1: this a little bit. Let's. Yeah. It looks good on the surface, um, but you know I have my reservations still because you know you have games like Elder Scrolls Six, which is I don't know how long it's been in development now, but um, how is that going to look when they you know acquire uh, Bethesda? Uh, you know mid development of this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and, and I think you're absolutely right where you have, I mean, just corporate shakeup like that. Never, it's never not Rocky when it happens at the beginning. I mean, like you're going to have a whole new group of people in there. You're going to have new executives being like, this part sucks and this part sucks. And they're like, all right, I guess we'll just control out all delete half of this game and start over if the executives don't like it. So, I mean, that could, I definitely agree with you. I could see that being a -A 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 -A
1: problem. Yeah. I guess it just remains to be seen, but um, it sounds like we're all in majority agreement. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's fascinating times we live in when it comes to game development. I don't know, I don't know if we're going to see that that full swing back to games being done before they're released or little indie studios putting out like hidden gems that that might be going away. Yep.
2: I think the hidden gems thing might. I mean, uh, among us and Fall Guys. I mean, that's pretty recent stuff and. You know, I feel like just like a a small group of devs can make a good game, you know, but um, uh, games being done when they're released, that's behind us. Maybe it's all...
0: Because you get yeah. you get one good game, then the studio gets bought up, and then you get corporate schlock. That's what, yeah. That's
2: okay. Good. Yeah. That's that's yeah. That's that's the future. And games being done when they're released is also because then you get to buy the battle pass or the season pass or the microtransactions or whatever. It's you know it's a game it's as deluxe. a service now. Yeah. It's 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 oh. not just
1: branded as early access.
0: Yeah. yeah. Boom. You're good to go i love overwatch but i hate what it did with loot boxes it i mean that game definitely popularized the idea of loot based cosmetics which are now turned into oh it's actual like you miss part of the game if you don't buy the battle pass it's not just a visual thing there's (laughs) a
1: clear distinction there i think that's it's very important to make that distinction um like cosmetics i think are more valuable when they're earned um but if there's any sort of, you know, microtransactions you should have in a game, or you want to have in a game, um, like, you, sh- it should be cosmetics. You should not say, like, you know, oh, I'm going to throw $20 at this game to beat it for me. Or I want to add, you know, DLC for that example. I hate DLC, but DLC should be part of the game. Um, or it should be a separate game in itself, I think. Um, but yeah, like, cosmetics, I think, are, if you're going to have microtrans- microtransactions, make it cosmetic.
2: When do you guys remember this happening? Like, was there a point in your guys' memory where it was like, it was a turning point?
0: It's it's the Fortnite Overwatch era. That's that, when it that, got really bad. Yeah, I think that was when, because before it was, I mean, well, if we go back a little further, I mean, the the, the original thing that did this was mobile games. That's where mm-hmm. this
1: started. Right.
0: That mentality oh, yeah. of like this game's free, you pay two dollars, you can beat this Candy Crush level. That's where this that was the inception of this idea, but then uh, developers were like, "Hey, well, we'll charge sixty dollars for our AAA titles, and we'll include the mobile <laughs> mentality, like the mobile model, I guess, and we'll go forward from there." So that's really when it started. I think Overwatch probably has the best loot boxes because it's exactly like you said; it's purely cosmetic. It doesn't change anything. And that's why Battlefront 2 sucks so much because it's like this gun gets a boost. This grenade gets a boost. You get this hero that nobody else has. Like, that's shitty.
2: I think for me, I don't don't know if this is along the same vein, but I remember Call of Duty, I think it was Black Ops 2. Their Hmm. season pass had, like, an extra weapon that if, if you had the season pass only, like, those players could play with that. I think it was like an assault rifle yeah. or something. If you're good with a sniper rifle, you can keep using the base sniper rifles that came with the game and you can be good. But I remember a lot of people running around with that. One, because it was new, but two, because it was slightly better. Like, it's not going to improve you as a player. Like, if you're a better player, you'll probably be fine without it. But it it was a better gun. Yeah. And so it, it's a
1: competitive edge. A competitive it was edge almost, that, yeah, it's almost you know, a paid play.
2: Yeah, it was almost a pay-to-play kind of thing, which has been around forever, but, you know, that was when it was for me. I was like, this is, like, and from there on, like, every season pass had something new, you know, or, and across all games, it just, there's something new, something that gives you the edge, something that makes it pay-to-play at that point.
0: It was the pre-order bonuses for me, too, that really started fucking things up. Like, the first time I really thought a pre-order bonus was bullshit was, and still is, is the Mortal Kombat games. Where, if you don't have that little code or that, that you get from the pre order bonus, if you just buy it like next day, then the character is on the select screen, but it's like pay $5 and it'll unshade it and you can play this character. That is the scummiest shit I've maybe ever seen in a video game. Um, and, it, and I love those games, but it made me not want to play them anymore. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous.
2: That's why I say, like, we're never going back because those characters are in that game on the release day.
0: Yep, day one they're, they're there. just
2: yep. behind a paywall that you have yep. to pre-order
0: for. Yeah, it's the fucking worst. I remember too. They they wanted to get rid of used games. I don't know if you guys remember this trend. It was like Battlefield Three era, but it came. You can only buy new games because they had an online pass, and you couldn't play online unless you had that code. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. That that was a trend for like six months and then that stopped forever because people were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. And <laughs> that, that's the same
2: shit with college textbooks. The college textbooks use, you know, they have the pass in it for your fucking homework. That's 10% of your grade, you know? So you have to buy a new book for a new pass. I don't know.
0: College, anyway. college is the biggest pyramid scheme maybe ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's we're definitely like, a scam. most successful. It's the most successful pyramid scheme in the world because all the professors are like, hey, welcome to my class. Uh, why don't you buy this book that I wrote that costs $200?
2: <laughs> and you have to buy it new for the access code for your homework, which is 10% of your grade. Yep. So your GPA will tank if you don't do your homework and buy this $250 access code.
0: John Mulaney said it best when he said, stop going until we figure it out. <laughs> yeah, figure out what this thing is. <laughs> Unless you want to be
2: a doctor or something, you should probably go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine.
0: <laughs> but if you're like, oh, I want to draw, like just fucking draw. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Or do like a, do like a six month training or something.
0: Yeah, take like a Skillshare class or whatever. I
1: see that, <laughs> that all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Do a LinkedIn this is a learning course. This a career
1: advice section of the podcast. <laughs> Which
2: is not at all career advice. Please don't sue us.
1: No, don't listen to us at all. Go
0: to college. Get a degree. Ugh be a part of the problem (laughs) 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 oh shit all right do we (laughs) want do we want to do recommendations sure okay um can I do a recommendation if I haven't actually played it like I just bought it but I haven't played it is that are you gonna do mine do what
1: are you you gonna gonna do do mine? mine wait what did you say are you gonna do mine? My recommendation. Uh, yeah, the same thing.
0: Oh no! I guarantee you, it is not the same thing. I promise okay, okay. you.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Please.
0: I have to actually. Why don't you guys go first? Because I have to look up what it's called. I bought it, and I okay. now I can't even remember.
2: Is it another like shitty Game Boy Advance game?
0: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, you want to go first? Yeah, Chris. Do you want to go ahead? I. I have it. Oh okay.
2: man. I wasn't prepared for this. You guys, like you guys making me go first. I like that I'll you go. look
0: around your desk to see if you could. Can... <laughs> um, like, oh God, uh, I leave it. Oh, shit. This candle, I don't this know. This lamp uh, um... is great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, have I recommended M- uh, Magic: The Gathering Arena yet? Because that's have I? I don't. Th- I don't think so. That that would be my recommendation. I've been playing it a lot lately. Um, I've played Magic for a long time, just never actually physically because I'm. I don't ever feel like throwing money at it (laughs) because it's really expensive to play. So I've always played like the free games on the Xbox or whatever. And this is on the computer and it's, it's really nice. Um, You can build up your collection, play against people, build your decks and it's all free. So I've been having a lot of fun on that lately.
1: Nice. Low, low price of free.
2: The low, low price of free.
0: I've
1: never no, been um,
0: a huge magic guy, but that is a low barrier to entry free. So maybe I'll check it out.
2: Yeah, and they give you some decks to work with, like to play and feel it out. And there's like a small tutorial. So yeah, if you ever want to get in, you can start there for free.
0: That's cool. Joey. you want to go next? Or
1: you want me to go? I can go. All right, cool. Um, so mine's also a game. Uh, I'm going to recommend Valheim. Um, this like really like spiked in popularity. Like last month, month before when it came out. Um, and that's when I bought it, but I didn't really get into it until like two or three weeks ago. Uh, and it's fantastic. Um, I've been playing almost nonstop. It's, if you've played Minecraft or any kind of like sandboxy game, um, it's very sandboxy, um, but it's, it's Viking themed. And it's, uh, it's got a very, very um, interesting sense of like progression and the way the game scales. Um, it's very, very fun. Definitely recommend it.
0: I'm really excited to try that. I think I got gifted it. It might be in my inbox right now. I'm not sure. I have to see if it runs, but I'm really excited to play that with everybody because it looks super fun.
1: Yeah, it's very fun uh, co-op.
0: So, I guess I can really I can recommend this now, and then I can unrecommend it later if it's bad. But basically, what happened? I was walking earlier today to auto zone to get my uh to get a fuel pump for my car which i have to switch out and i stopped in GameStop because it was right there and this is the first time i've done this in years um where i just saw a game that i've i know nothing about and uh and bought it and it's called override to super mech league and i don't know if you guys can see that or not it probably not no. Basically, basically, <laughs> no. it's a game, it's a third person game with giant robots that beat the shit out of each other. And I was watching a trailer for it in GameStop, and it looked kind of custom robo-e. And I was like, uh that's mine. <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's it's online. I think there's some co op modes too, and a story mode. And you basically like pick one of 20 robots and you beat the shit out of one of the other 20 robots. And I was like, that sold. I'm done. That's perfect.
2: So this is like a fighting game.
0: I see. Yeah, it's just kind of like a fighting game. I guess each robot has like different powers. And again, I haven't played it because I literally just bought it. But uh, maybe next week or the week after, I can kind of I can let you guys know if I retract or uh, decide to keep that recommendation. But um, the one that I got has Ultraman DLC, which is a Marvel character. I don't know if you guys know. He's like a giant Japanese uh he's basically like when Ant-Man turns big but he's Japanese (laughs) so that that's how much was the game it was like 22 bucks I think 22 yeah it was it was used but I think it's like 30 new so it might be bad I don't know (laughs) 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 but yeah that's my recommendation love it um Chris, what uh, what what time are we at right now? Do we got time for maybe one more thing, or are we about at an hour?
2: We're a little over, so little send over. us on our way.
0: All right, perfect. Well, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, like comment, subscribe, let us know if there's anything we could do better. We haven't gotten a lot of, we got some of those comments at the beginning, but we haven't gotten a lot of those recently. So you know, let us know if there's stuff you want to see or if you want to be on. Um, you know, we're we always encourage new guests um but we love our old guests too joey thank you for being on again we yeah, really appreciate thank it. you guys
2: comment if you would like a lap dance from will nas
0: i don't oh i, don't I would comment yeah i do <laughs> yeah just, just comment yes right then
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's no that no is not an acceptable answer no it's not um if he retweets us for some reason uh i don't know subscribe <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome all uh those uh new and old we appreciate it uh and yeah we have we have some news coming in the probably a couple weeks so there's going to be some changes to the podcast uh visually not you know no one's leaving or anything uh chris is dying and we have to replace him that's that's the news so yeah <laughs> oh man but there's some there's some cosmetic tweaks coming that we think you guys are going to enjoy so uh yeah thanks so much guys we'll see you next time bye
1: everybody see you next time bye. Bye.